Welcome to the Temple Dow Community Podcast, a place where we explore the journey to and through Temple Dow. Today's guest is Nico, disciple of structure. Enjoy. Hi, Nico. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Just sort of um, taking things easy on a Sunday and um, wrapping up some podcast editing. What have you been up to in your world over in Structure? Uh, In Structure, we have kind of been a little bit on fire with our pivots recently, (laughs) Um, in a good and bad way. We've got, you know, all these product innovations being worked out. And that's a whole sector of, I guess, brain cycles. We're just thinking about it a lot, uh, waiting to get to coding. And then there's the, I mean, there's just a lot. Um, there's the <laughs> there's the onboarding initiative. I would say that's like the big thing that I'm thinking a lot about is recruiting and, and growing our DAO. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then building that out under us having, you know, we have this, this maintenance demand for all the code we've ever shipped. Right. We've got these really long-term projects that we're thinking about and kind of starting to get ready to act on some of those. Uh, and then that immediate near term where we have, you know, like with this whole faith mechanic being built out, uh, just a lot of stuff going on. <laughs> it's chaotic. Yeah. It's, it's funny. I, I, I don't know. Maybe structure is more chaotic than chaos <laughs> in a certain way. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, we try not to show it. <laughs> chaos, is, <laughs> chaos adds to our chaos in a way from, you know, trying to get <laughs> deadlines and, and demands like that. But uh, yeah, we do our best. It's, it's, uh, it's hard to ship products. I think that's what everyone's kind of known and is, realizing and we're building that infrastructure to make it easier. Right. Um, I'd love to know a little bit more about you, Nico, and of course share to the extent that you're comfortable, but um, you know, what has your life been like before Temple Dow? What types of mm-hmm. work have you been doing? Are you someone who's been in the realm of like project or product management in addition to um doing the development work, um, what has your career been like? And and also what led you to uh, decide to contribute to TempleDAO? Yeah, I would love to elaborate. Um, and this is something I'm, I'm just super excited for the podcast because I want to get to know more personal backgrounds of everyone on the team and community <laughs> members. This is just such a – it's weird being anonymous for that reason where we're still trying to, like, feel out what those boundaries are because it's just been this gray zone of – uh, you know, mm. information. Right. One kind of interesting part of Temple is just the mandatory anonymity. Uh, so I think we're all figuring out these backgrounds and how much we want to share with each other because um, it's fascinating as we come closer as a team and uh, kind of understand where where everyone's coming from. Um, for myself, I had been in cybersecurity for a long time. Um, working with the U.S. government previously and always had this entrepreneurial bone where I eventually decided to 
take the leap and started a cybersecurity company. Very cool. That went well. Um, I was a CTO at the time, so really focused on building on learning, um, which has really maintained itself as a common theme. And then there was this big shift um, where we decided, do we want to raise more money or do we want to potentially just stop the business and exit here? Or we had a potential Mm. acquirer. Mm -hmm. And it really made me look in the mirror and say, do we want to do cybersecurity for the next five to 10 years? Is this what fulfills me? Is this the most exciting thing? And ultimately, I couldn't be confident in that answer. The startup life, I felt, was very ego-intensive. To raise money, you have to convince yourself that you'll be a (laughs) billion-dollar company. And that just became kind of a coping mechanism for me to self-inflate, to believe that was true. And whether or not it was, uh, it was like this staring into the abyss so much this this you know what's going to happen in a month in you know even just a, a week from now having no mm-hmm. real fundamental answers mm-hmm. uh, is really scary and so we kind of cope with coming up with answers whether you know whether they're on solid ground or not so i took this huge pivot away from cybersecurity and i started a mushroom company <laughs> <laughs> what kind of mushrooms i have to ask <laughs> They are, so we're selling grow kits, um, but with the intention that people can grow psilocybin. So it's kind of this underground market, uh, which we're, you know, kind of exploring and and pushing this gray zone of of legalization. Right. Um, So I've been doing that. That's been utterly fulfilling. It's, It's been really fun to take business skills, to also just take a break from software engineering and to kind of work with my hands, have a physical product has been really Mm. cool. Mm Mm-hmm. And that was around the summer of 2021, right? So it feels like that was a lifetime ago for me. (laughs) Um, But that was, you know. We're talking like six months ago, right? Yeah, we're talking six months ago, very recent. (laughs) (laughs) And I think crypto has something to do with that. Uh, And that was also Mm. when I went more or less kind of full time. I, I was taking on the mushroom company, which I've never really wanted to make a startup I don't really want it to be this hugely venture scalable uh, product. I just want to kind of have mycology in my life and be able to support friends and family or or anyone else who's interested, uh, teach them what Mm -hmm. I know about mycology and, and, you know, some of those medicinal properties. And then crypto was fulfilling this intellectual curiosity, this whole, uh, just drive to learn. I, I love financial products. That's something that's always been super interesting to me. And then from a technical perspective, to uh, it, it felt like there's this kind of renaissance of talent and like the party's happening in Web3. And I think a lot of developers are having that kind of itch right now to go inspect and, and see what's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that started happening around the summer that was when i yeah i would say like mushrooms and crypto became (laughs) fully my life uh temple i mean opening ceremonies when i got involved in tempo uh temple and that how long ago was that was that like 60 days ago (laughs) because it Um, feels i also joined during open ceremony i believe the day I staked was like November 14th or okay. something, Yep, around probably, mid-November. Yep, so I'm probably right around there. So that's like not even three months ago. <laughs> right. Um, 
that's a whirlwind. That's crazy. And crypto tends to kind of distort my sense of time, at least. Um, Absolutely. So much happens and, and it's so much can happen. That's also this interesting thing where with Temple, like as a developer, uh, so prior to that, I, I was running an NFT project. I had been really deeply in the NFT space, uh, doing a lot of consulting and trying to help as many people there as I could and, and continue to learn. Mm. Um, so I hadn't really explored DeFi thoroughly at that point. And mm. Temple was this whole introduction to a, to a brand new sector. Um, very, very cool. And I would say like my primary draw into Temple was the esoteric element too. Mm -hmm. uh, opening ceremony was, you know, kind of mind blowing. It was really cool. And I think that we've got a very special community to have created these, you know, pretty high friction entry points uh, <laughs> that it takes a certain type of someone to want to do all that work to, to get in. Mm. And it's, uh, I think if we were to reflect, you know, so how many holders, do you know how many holders like wallets we have that own Temple? Is it it's probably oh, goodness. about five to 10,000, 7,000 maybe? We've got about 30,000 people in the Discord. Uh, these are interesting metrics. But besides that, mm -hmm. we've got this community of a few thousand, let's say just shy of 10K, of people who are mm -hmm. actively involved in Temple in some regard. Right. This is a very special population, I think. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's at this exact intersection of, uh, I believe a lot of people came here for the game, for the, the narrative about the metaverse being introduced, this, right. you know, as, as was uh, deemed, kind of doing it for the culture. Uh, there's that element, and there was this, you know, the branding of Temple that brought in from what I've seen in our lore chats, I think this is in mystery right now. Mm -hmm. uh, they're talking about lore, and it's just fascinating to see how many people are deep on ancient religions and secret societies. And that makes total <laughs> sense, right? That's what we, we filtered for in a way. And then we filtered for people who were very smart and really knew about crypto. And were on the cutting edge of, you know, at the time, DeFi 2.0. Mm -hmm. So we've got a really eclectic and powerful community. And I think as we kind of all settle in and really get to know each other, we're going to find how much we have in common. Uh, right. I, I could not agree more. Um, I think I've been pleasantly surprised having conversations like this with people, you know, in uh, just a discord chat or over voice and, and finding out that, yes, you know, these things like spirituality um, that's so closely tied in with the theme of temple, other, other people were attracted mm -hmm. in for those same reasons. And there, there is a lot to connect on uh, at the deeper levels beyond just, Hey, we're, we're both into crypto and we want to make money, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, right, there's just right. so much beneath that. And, um, this is my first DAO project I'm involved in. I feel excited to be here. Mm -hmm. I find that crypto does feel like a space in which time accelerates. Mm -hmm. Um, we have people who are, someone is online tweeting something or saying something in discord at any second of any day. Right. Yep. And yep. how does that relate to 
this like spiritual exploration you've been on and your relationship to, I mean, plant medicines as well. How do mm-hmm. you navigate both of these worlds? Yeah, I am very much learning about this relationship myself. Um, the struggle and what I've been learning about is exactly what you're saying, where there it can be very consuming. Um, if you don't d- take care of your health, um, you don't have that, that mindfulness. Uh, what I saw in the last, I would say there was kind of heading into the winter here, the last three months or so, mm-hmm. I dropped my mindfulness practices almost almost entirely and and i became rather obsessed with crypto uh and that was a sacrifice (laughs) i was choosing to make thinking Mm -hmm. there's some real powerful outcomes here let's go all in let's focus um let's kind of practice some essentialism say no to everything else uh, at the you know that negligence cost uh, Mm -hmm. recognizing that i would have to pick up the pieces afterwards and I am now suffering those consequences up to so, – so I kind of went in uh, knowing that and we had <laughs> good timing with Temple. Um, like the AMM mm-hmm. was a crazy sprint. That was – I think a few of us in structure <laughs> had a lot of fun on that. Um, but it mm-hmm. cost us some welfare, so just a little bit of, of sanity mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of sleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it was fun, and I think we have all grown a ton out of that experience. And to go back to what you're saying about mindfulness, what I've noticed in about the last two weeks as I try to restore balance and start taking care of my my body and mind more, um, the notification syndrome, I'll just call it that for now, and I think a lot of us could relate, is, is pretty bad. Uh, mm. I check Discord incessantly and <laughs> i'm not proud of it it's it's purely habit and it's purely like a i would think of it as like a varied reward um just like scrolling twitter or other social mm. medias can be where mm-hmm. you go on and in temple's case I'll, I'll i basically have it where let's say i'm reading any given time i'll read a dozen threads or channels so i have about 12 things i'm looking at Mm-hmm. And I'm going through, and it feels somewhat productive. Um, and it, it never really is all that productive, but it feels like you're really staying up to date and learning a lot. Um, so, mm-hmm. like, I read so many of the logic threads. I don't really participate, but it's just kind of this passive absorption. Uh, and the issue is that I could restructure my day uh, to just check Discord a couple times a day or to at least check these threads a couple times a day. Uh, mm. Instead, I'm like live. I'm right there as a message comes in. I I read it and it actually kind of leads to a degraded experience where you don't actually see the whole conversation. You're kind of stuck looking at each tree instead of the forest at the the end of a conversation. Uh, Mm. Mm. And what I've noticed as I've returned to like a meditation practice now is just how I would say like weak or how uh, I would say... I have very much become the servant of my mind and not the other way around where uh, whatever pops up in the moment, uh, whether that's an urge to check Discord or just any kind of, you know, like that notification, uh, whatever it is, my attention is not strong enough right now or I'm, I'm recovering this ability to 
focus and to get into really deep work states and to uh, ultimately to do nothing is kind of what I'm in pursuit of. Uh, <laughs> this is like like a, a couple weekends ago, I spent the time doing nothing, which was incredibly difficult. Uh, mm. Where I feel like I have a, a task list of you know twenty things that were due two weeks ago. To spend just an afternoon and observing my mind and seeing how strong the you know the master is, how strong the random thoughts that pop up that totally dominate and you become totally immersed in whatever arises in that moment. Mm. Uh, it's it was a it was a good wake up call that Discord, for all its perks, I absolutely love Discord. Uh, is it needs to be treated with with a dose of moderation. And I worry for someone like Lux or Desen who probably have or Lost Boy who have you know every day a hundred mentions in Discord. What's happening to their mind? Uh, I don't mm. have it at that scale where people really want my attention, and I've still been sucked into it. Uh, mm. So this is, I guess, if anything, a, a call to action for all of us to check in and make sure uh, we're doing okay mentally because it's really hard. Uh, right. And we, as a temple, I think all should take care of each other, you know, to have those off days, to not push too hard where we're all going to get burnt out and, and not be here for the long run, which just isn't the goal. This is very much just a being an internet native in this day and age. <laughs> uh, one thing I would congratulate this slice of the internet on is making it so community oriented. Uh, mm. I will say even for all the negative uh, aspects of, you know, just immersion in a DAO and, and how that, I guess, notification syndrome can affect you, what I really love about it is that it's so people-oriented, um, that we're actually coming together to create something. And mm. I know if you contrast that to what what I would call maybe like a one-way street of social media where you're just scrolling. Right. You're not actually having conversations. You're not creating. You're not there's, – there's no real critical thinking. You're just consuming. Uh, right. There's something that feels really hollow for me when I have those experiences <laughs> of just – doom scrolling, uh, <laughs> I usually walk away pretty zapped and, and not fulfilled. Whereas Temple, I would say I'm, I'm energized from a lot of the conversation, um, but also mm. a bit stressed out. <laughs> and so there's, it's, it's kind of in a different direction. Uh, but there's been some days where I just have so much fun working on Temple because it's just about the people. Like we have found such a large amount of like-minded uh, individuals and we've all agreed to come together and try to create something uh, it's it tears down this conceptualization I have of the internet where it's like this faceless void that tells you and <laughs> you consume from and right. it, we're using technology to interact with with awesome people and like get to know each other and uh, create art and do things we love uh, and try to push mm. our own boundaries and I think that's a huge step forward for the internet or maybe even a recovery of something we lost in the original yeah, internet. Yeah, absolutely. Really getting back to individual interconnectedness. Absolutely. Um, you know, I can't help but 
see in my brain this overlap of the symbology of a mycelial network and, you know, the structure of a DAO. (laughs) Yes. I love that. Yeah. Decentralization at its finest. Uh, One thing I've just been chewing on, have you read Meditations on Moloch? I have not. Will you want to tell me more about it? I would love to. Uh, This is like my... uh, I don't really know. Uh, I wasn't into crypto in 2017 more than just like holding some some major coins. Um, but from what I understand, this was like a founding text around that time. Uh, mm. Many people agreed upon this conceptualization of Moloch, which is coming from a Ginsburg poem, Allen Ginsburg. Uh, I believe, I don't know what the name of the poem is. Uh, it might be Howell. Uh, mm. But it's a pretty short poem. And it's a sort of terrorizing lamentation about Moloch, who is an old god of sorts, um, uh, similar to a an evil deity that's kind of all-consuming. <laughs> and Moloch is a supra-entity of humans. So to put this into words that make sense, um, Moloch could be... It's kind of amorphic. Moloch is an entity that we all, we're all the cells of Moloch. And Moloch Mm -hmm. is an emergent deity. Mm -hmm. Um, It could be capitalism. It could be a government or a nation state. It could be a corporation. Mm -hmm. It's basically the the all-consuming society that that we all participate in. Mm -hmm. And we all agree is generally, you know, harming us or, or headed down that path towards the tragedy of the commons where we can't agree on how to coordinate. So we end up with, you know, a global warming crisis or various <laughs> economic crises. So we end up where we are. <laughs> right. And yeah. certainly where we don't seem capable of avoiding right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So Meditations on Moloch is an expansion and an analysis on this original poem, uh, that never mentions crypto explicitly. Uh, hmm. But I think the community has taken it up in arms to to really identify Moloch as a named entity that we are fighting against. And ultimately, it's lack of coordination. It's mm. that we mm-hmm. all have... What, what crypto is so good at is getting you know, adversarial parties to align. And that, that idea of trustlessness... Mm. Um, where we don't have to necessarily trust each other, but we can come together for each other's benefits. Um, and this can be the dominant strategy as an individual is to also help the collective. Mm. And like that was the whole, you know, Olympus is built on that and, and temples built on these ideas of how do we all align, create the game theory incentives so that we can all, you know, stake and chill so that it's 3-3. Three, three. Um, mm. But I think to abstract it away from even like our current point in DeFi or in crypto, it's one of the coolest things is just the way we're innovating our DAOs, our collection, our our ability to come together and coordinate and make things and how that is what could slay Moloch in kind of two pieces. So you have Ethereum, which is maybe, you know, one of our most potent technologies to coordinate. Uh, Mm -hmm. incredible that we can all come to consensus in such a decentralized way. And then we have these maybe like organs in the body. 
um, that are the DAOs, that are small functional units. And we're trying to figure out how to best coordinate ourselves or best organize ourselves. Uh, hmm. And in my mind, if we create this, Moloch is maybe the human colossus, where each individual is a cell. Uh, on an emergent level, these cells then form companies or uh, communities, municipalities. Those could mm -hmm. be small organs or you know just larger <laughs> functional groups. And if we question how do we reorganize this human colossus to go in a different direction, uh, you ultimately kind of, at least I come to the conclusion that like you need memes. You need self-replicating ideas that spread throughout a population. <laughs> uh, and that's where people get into like the whole, this is using memes in a very different context um, than, right. than internet culture. <laughs> um, but same idea in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. uh, you get into the whole idea of like mimetic engineering where we're trying to create the most productive ideas to spread um, that are also self-replicating so that people want to share these ideas as well uh, and kind of pass it on to the next person. And in that way, it's like a positive cancer spreading through Moloch where <laughs> you're able to reprogram uh, in a lot of ways the current ideologies and narratives and uh, supplant them with maybe something a little more healthful. And mm. yeah, I think about crypto in those terms, in the very philosophical, uh, that's what gets me out of bed a lot of days is the, mm -hmm. you know, I love working on what we're doing on the day to day. And I think it's, you know, you need to, it's, it's uh, a daily step forward for the whole space that we just have so much talent coming to contribute. Uh, but I also have that deep why that's like at the end of the day, what are the, you know, what are these experiments serving? What's the, what's the purpose? And I feel like it's this, you know, call to action against so many crises. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And I'd, I'd love to hear you riff a little bit on your experience playing with um, contracts or just dev work in general for Temple and mm -hmm. how that relates to this idea of like, creating something mimetic, something mm. that can spread rapidly, can be used, um, you know, copy pasta to help others do mm -hmm. what they want to do. Are there things you see us building within Temple that might have that ability one day? Um, is there anything that you could imagine wanting to build with Temple that might have a use like that? Interesting. I, I love where your head's at on that. Uh, I think already built into a lot of blockchains, at least Ethereum, is the forking ideology, which is awesome. And just very, very strongly in favor of open sourcing everything. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm really glad to see we as a community have agreed to open source all mm -hmm. of what we have. I think that's a huge <laughs> yeah. step forward. Yeah. Uh, that is already kind of building on that mimetic, I th mimetic idea. I think... Uh, so much of the innovation in the space. Like I remember when Desen launched or, or just published that video about the AMM when we were first getting on about the idea. Mm -hmm. uh, it was just like this 30-minute video, him just drawing out some concepts. And that blew my <laughs> mind. That was like 
this is such a simple when you take it you know in hindsight it feels like such a simple innovation but it's so powerful because i mean simply put like no one's really tried it uh, to have a currency to have a intrinsic floor intrinsic mm-hmm. value and everything where you can always go back and and sell to and then to have this controlled buy pressure ceiling was just awesome uh stuff like that is you know i think temple's still in the stage where we're proving out these ideas and mm-hmm. we're still trying to prove their merits, um, but it very much feels like, you know, there's this laboratory and every DAO or at least so many of, uh, of the DAOs that are out there are participating in this active experiment on trying whatever they can next and seeing what works. And then that slowly gets adopted into the narrative as like we follow this ideology and, and uh, the current pivot, you know, the uh, kind of. I guess, shakiness in DeFi right now, especially with rebasing DAOs, is a good example of this. Like, Mm -hmm. it was all the rage for a couple months. Um, (laughs) They made a lot of sense until they didn't. And then we have to pivot. And we'll see what's, you know, it's kind of a a herd thinning period on what teams are capable of that, what communities want to stay together. And... uh, we'll see what we can all learn from that experience as well. I think Mm. just being in the position of a protocol that is trying to make the best decisions possible, we're, we have such a small playbook to go off of. Uh, (laughs) You know, it's just everything. (laughs) What playbook? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Right. Uh, You have just no history. So, you know, on a on a daily basis, we're trying to recreate these ideas, trying to innovate wherever possible, um, and hopefully, you know, one of our laboratories becomes very successful on these ideas, and we can pioneer a new model. And we'll see kind of how things shake out. I think taking back to your original question, how can structure, how can smart contracts, all these implement ideas that are self replicating? It's you know, a laboratory of merit where whatever succeeds is going to be copied uh, mm-hmm. and of those copies there will be their own innovations uh, going back to like the roots of temple you know i wasn't there with the masters around this uh holy temple thinking about erecting it but it was i from what i understand you know the uh, talks were noting the success of olympus and how that should be on other chains and then mm-hmm. coming up with all new ideas on how can you have protocol and liquidity Besides just, you know, buying bonds. Uh, And there's this whole, you know, new space that's been explored because of that. And it's awesome to see. Uh, You know, I'm glad we're not a fork necessarily. And we've gone and tried to pioneer (laughs) and create our own ideas wherever possible. Absolutely. And indeed, we are not an ohm fork. (laughs) (laughs) Have to state that loud and clear (laughs) for everybody. Um, But yes, we certainly were the first project in the whole space of of rebasing. As you pointed out, there there Mm -hmm. was inspiration drawn and an iteration. And um, I, I definitely saw other projects unfolding like ohm like wonderland all sorts of things and um you know following those on twitter and i 
I didn't really feel any excitement to get involved, even though, you know, like last Mm -hmm. fall, there was a lot of money to be made in those projects. You know, if I had gotten in when I started getting curious about them, like who knows how that might have gone for me. But when I came across Temple, it it was a very happy fluke that like one person mentioned it and I went down the rabbit hole to find Mm -hmm. it and I found it in time for opening ceremony. And it really was the branding and this essence of asking obscure spiritual questions Mm -hmm. in the context of finance, in the context of crypto, um, because life is short and I've spent a lot of time being, you know, insanely bored by things that I'm working on. Um, and this just sort of grabbed me at, at a deep level and I felt like a moth attracted to a light and Mm -hmm. I, I can't wait to see I, I do think we're going to stay together. You know, that question of like, mm-hmm. there times are good, times are bad. You know, we're, we're in a bit of a challenging moment right now. And I do think the temple community has what it takes to stay, um, to stay connected. And that's something I'd like to pick your brain on as well. So when a community experiences some form of challenge or f- adversity, and your experience from like working in business or maybe from examples that you take from nature itself, what do you think is a good strategy for maintaining connection even when it's hard? Yeah, I think it comes down ultimately to our, you know, core values and how they align. Um, I think the market sentiment is something that you know drives a lot of us um even just in passing i'll notice my own thoughts arise as you consume a couple tweets and price feeds um and just how malleable we are on how Mm. uh, at least i am and uh how it really takes conviction to hold something for the long term or it takes conviction to buy at a dip or anything like that Uh, and just how many people again myself included are tempted to follow the herd and Mm. uh, you know I think if we continue to figure out these core narratives on what brought us all together that's going to be the key on what keeps us together Uh, So how many people are here for the esoteric branding and the questions that brought in? And, uh, you know, we have this population of seekers, of mystical uh, seekers. And then we have this population of intellectual DeFi uh, seekers that are, you know, just really interested in what these product innovations are. When we have this population that's really excited about the metaverse and the GameFi aspect. Uh, it's a very finite, some buckets to put us all in. And I would say we all maybe kind of blur the lines or, or are interested at varying degrees to all of those. And that's, I think, something from a product standpoint 
we've struggled at points to identify who are we catering to? You know, what mm. is this audience? And yeah. that has, we have, you know, some pretty differing aspects and opening ceremony was really able to pull them all together nicely. Uh, but, you know, those next steps, we've lately really been focused on DeFi. And I think that's been really fulfilling for people to quell their minds uh, in spite of market sentiment. To say <laughs> right. that, you know, your funds are here and here's what how they're being deployed and here's what we're building out. That's, you know, that next step in terms of a financial product. Um, Absolutely. That's interesting to me uh, on a personal level. Uh, but what I'm ultimately way more excited about are the other two themes are the metaverse mm -hmm. aspects, the game fi uh, and the mystical exploration in this communal setting. And I think there's a lot there that we have yet to really dig into uh, from a team perspective, but I'm really excited to. It's just that these are, you know, long-term projects that when the market flips, uh, the pivot really does require the financial product to be, you know, airtight. Uh, really? Yeah, that is, um, that's like keeping the heart beating, so to speak. Right, <laughs> if that right. If that goes down, you know, then... Things like branding and metaverse just don't yeah. even matter to some extent. Yeah. So, um, I have to say, I'm I'm really excited about the fine tuning of our brand voice as well. I'm really excited mm. to see where that goes because um, Temple definitely, at its inception, and even in some of the opening ceremony materials, you'll see um, you'll see elements of like different types of like symbols and, and cultures and, and various mm -hmm. things. And so as we continue to like deepen the lore and, and become more specific um, in our messaging. And I, I think you're right. Identifying who, who we are for, like the, the community that we are and um, mm -hmm. Sort of the play space that we're building and who we want to come hang out. <laughs> um, yep. Getting that really clear is going to make the the depth of the branding just flow. I think naturally. Yeah. I also think there's just you know normal questions on storytelling in a decentralized manner um, that we're still you know parsing out those lines. <laughs> Like yeah. If, how do, yeah. how do a hundred people craft a story together? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's not easy. And you come no. up with typically a hundred different stories. <laughs> yeah. And that's, it's just such a difficult juggle to want to promote, you know, community projects and have everything be grassroots and fully decentralized, but also recognizing that, you know, an authoritative vision can really, you know, be a recipe for success too. Uh, so it's kind of both sides and it is. And, and luckily, um, I think, I think lost and, and decent and Lux just, and, and temple as a whole understands that there's a balance between those two styles of creating something. Yep. And, um, I think there's, we're we're at a we're at a space with like the lore where it feels like we're taking in a lot of input and digesting and mm -hmm. from that is going to come more of a decisive authoritative direction. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. This is kind of like the general struggle of DAOs right now is figuring out what is a DAO. 
Um, what are, <laughs> like, does is DAO for democratic? And if it is, then what is democratic? I mean, snapshot even like is is the most democratic way to vote quadratic, um, or is it just monetary, or is it a single vote per wallet? And there's just so many questions here that right. we're just these feel very much like the you know founding fathers type questions, like. Mm-hmm. what is the best way to get input from people? And, and mm-hmm. you know, I, yeah, go ahead. Luckily, well, I, I say luckily because I'm I'm relieved by this on a personal level. Temple Dow does not claim to be a democracy, mm-hmm. like a pure democracy. Like it believes yep. in creating something that is like overall in the best interest of its people, but that, that doesn't express itself as a, as a pure democracy. Right. And, um, really the way that we are experimenting right now, um, to go back to like this, uh, metaphor of the human body and the organs each having, their particular function, we're experimenting with the chamber model, which is a Mm -hmm. little bit different um, for our listeners who know about the original enclave model. Our enclaves still exist and the chambers are technically nested within them, but we're, um, you know, slowly moving away to something that's more chamber oriented where a group of people um, and the number of people will vary depending on what they're owning, but a group of people will own a, a particular task. Um, it could be a short-term task or like a long-term ownership of something. So, you know, we have a marketing chamber. And so that is the organ that's that's pumping to keep marketing healthy, mm-hmm. engaged, to rethink strategy and, and deployment and all of these things. And I think that that's great because then the decision-making power and the collaboration power happens, you know, within the relevant people and there's a diversity of voices there. Mm -hmm. And then really checking in with the masters is sort of, it's, it's a final step once the chamber itself has done a lot of the, the messy work. Right. Yeah. And so I personally think the chamber model is is going to work well. <laughs> That's yep. my hypothesis. Um, Nico, can you remind me what chambers are cooking that are active right now in structure? Sure. Yeah, we have the DevOps chamber, mm-hmm. which uh, Alex is MC of right now, Master of Ceremony. Mm-hmm. And the big initiative is the open source uh, of all the code and Right now, there's plenty of backlog tickets for DevOps, which would be you know, <laughs> smoothing the developer experience at the end of the day, um, mm-hmm. building out the hosting solutions. These kind of like infrastructure questions about decentralization that are still not solved in a way that's satisfactory to everyone. Uh, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there's plenty of interesting exploring to, to do in DevOps. Um, we have the DApps chamber, so mm-hmm. the DApp, decentralized app is uh, led by Hack right now. Mm-hmm. And that's one where I've spent a lot of time too. And this is what's cool about Chambers is just how cross-chamber everything is, right? So structure, mm-hmm. you're going to see people in pretty much all the channels and Chambers right now um, providing input wherever it makes sense. Uh, so DAP is really focused on the front-end experience. This is where a lot of the Web2 talent is coming in and is really excited to get into this you know, maybe web 2.5 of interacting with contracts, but not necessarily writing them at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and you get to still be really hands-on with, you know, a DAO. And uh, that's something that's really exciting for me is onboarding all of this talent that is curious and interested to grow in a new direction. Uh, so DAO has been, you know, especially with open sourcing, that'll be a huge inflow of, of contributions there. Uh, Absolutely. There is also the contracts chamber, um, which mm-hmm. I am I'm seeing right now. And that's all the solidity contracts, everything for, uh, you know, getting things working on chain. And then I think Discord bots is a new chamber, Poston's MC right now, <laughs> uh, leaning out all of the, there's a lot of really cool stuff we can integrate with Discord. And I think we got a taste of that in opening ceremony with the verifies. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think there's a vision brewing there with this whole metaverse GameFi play. Uh, that'll be cool to see unfold. I think that's the structure chambers. We might have one or two that we're thinking about at this point, but that's what we've got built right now. And I think we have so much talent in between the chambers. And this, you know, especially for me, I'm, I'm really interested in a lot of the logic uh, chambers that are going on. There's just so much we, we have to teach each other that it very much feels kind of of the, the ethos. It feels aligned with what the Templars are looking for. This might be more of a community project, something like similar to how Temple Codex started. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. This could be a great way to start pooling resources. I don't think we would offer a one-on-one mentorship program, but I've been talking Mm. about doing a a classroom style, like a, you know, once a week or once a month, whatever it is, we, some people propose some contracts for us to review, and then we get to go through kind of like a book club. And with mm-hmm. a you know fine tooth comb, review the contract, talk about why certain decisions are being made, and you know really understand the nuts and bolts. Uh, stuff like that could be a great place for us to start. So there's definitely plenty plenty of opportunity for us to help each other and uh, upskill our community and just you know have some fun while we're at it. Absolutely, it's been such a pleasure chatting with you today, Nico. Thank you. Let's be in touch about mentorship, all the fun things. I'll be seeing you on Discord. Sounds good. I'll see you on Discord. Adios.